This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Welcome to another episode of When Spirit Calls. I'm delighted to introduce you to our guest today, Dr. Robin Bragg. Dr. Robin Bragg is on a mission to help people become happy and healthy from the inside out. She applies the most up-to-date methods of hypnosis and coaching, along with the time-tested practices of yoga and mindfulness to help people achieve deep, lasting, life-altering change. After nearly two decades as a pharmacist, She was called to help those ready for real change and no longer wanted to take a pill for it for the rest of their lives. Now she combines scientific principles with spiritual practices to help her clients make those changes for long-term success. She specializes in helping her clients release excess weight through hypnotic coaching so that they lose pounds without feeling deprived. Her Flow to Grow Hypnotic Coaching for Weight Loss program helps people shift their habits, beliefs, and thoughts so that they completely change their relationship with food and no longer feel controlled by it. Oh, hello, and welcome back to another episode of When Spirit Calls. You have just heard about our amazing guest today, the lovely Robin Bragg is here. Hi, Robin. Hi, Dan. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you're here. This has been a long time coming. We were just talking about how you had booked the time to do the interview and then it didn't work out and then it happened again. And how interesting it is how, you know, oftentimes we put things off or we find uh, excuses or we allow the universe to manifest excuses for us. <laughs> and it stops us from stepping in. And sometimes we just have to step in. So I'm so happy that you are stepping in today. I feel like this is uh, such a wonderful opportunity for us to really explore your own experience in when spirit was calling you. And I think spirit called you to be here today. And I'd love to just get us started with just telling our audience a little bit more about your backstory um, and, and kind of how you got to where you are today. So do you want to take us into the life of Robin? I would love to. Yeah. So the funny part is that like, once I did a little bit of prep for this, you know, this week, and I looked at what I was going to be talking about, I was like, I could have talked about this back when I first, you know, booked my appointment. (laughs) So I just kept putting it off for really no good reason. So I'm really glad to be here. And um, I definitely do feel called to be here today and share with you and your audience. So, um, so yeah, just a little bit about me. I was a pharmacist, I still am a pharmacist, but not very much like one day a month. But I was a full-time pharmacist for a long time. And I would say that that career, everything from choosing pharmacy to all of my jobs in pharmacy were very, like, drifty without using my intuition and without really, like, like, they were very mentally stimulated, I guess, and not very in touch with, um, you know, like, with me or with spirit or with any sort of like higher power guidance, right? Like I, for example, I chose to go to pharmacy school because I was in um, 
posing college at Ohio State. I was planning to become a molecular geneticist. I got into lab work and I was like, this is not for me. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing lab work. I don't want to be dealing with bureaucracy. This is so isolated. You know, I was like, I want to help people. And I want to help people in a way where I get to talk to people, yeah. <laughs> not work behind the scenes. So I was catering, believe it or not, worked with someone for about a half an hour. And she told me all about pharmacy school and how, because I loved organic chemistry, I was this kind of weirdo who loved organic chemistry as my favorite subject. I love it loved people. And because I love these two things, she's like, you're actually kind of a perfect fit for pharmacy. So I went and applied and did that and kind of um, everything worked out with the classes I've been taking. They all lined up perfectly. Went into that. It may not have always been like, right, you know, like, you know how like sometimes you're like the square peg in the round hole. Mm -hmm. So like, sorry, the um, you're the you're the round hole in the square peg. That's what I mean to say. So like you can fit through but you're maybe not like being completely mm. great. Oh, fit. I like your switch on that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it can fit, but it's not quite fitting perfectly. Yeah. So that's kind of how I was all through pharmacy school where like, yeah, I got, I got by just fine. I got A's. I did fine, but I was a little out there compared to my <laughs> peers. I would say I've always been kind of like hippie meets like, I don't know, one foot in science, one foot, like, out there doing weird hippie rituals in the woods. <laughs> I love it. That's what I would call the wizard energy. I bet you if we went into your records, there would be some witch and wizard in there for sure. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, these things were not really uh, in line with my uh, the other pharmacy students. You know, I'm out like going to raves and like loving that energy when the whole crowd is like moving as one on and on weekends and just doing different stuff. Like I went to Europe and backpacked two different summers, you know, just kind of by myself with no plans. Uh, love <laughs> um, it. Yeah. So I graduated pharmacy school. I did a residency and I did actually intentionally choose my residency. It was in primary care. I got to meet with patients one-on-one. -on -one. I did really like that. A lot of that. Um, I had long-term relationships with patients. I saw them coming back. What I didn't like about that is I saw them coming back and just the dependence on pharmaceuticals, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a pharmacist, but if you ask most pharmacists, we are like the worst at drug adherence. We don't want to be on medication unless we really, really need to. That is not like the first line of what we want to do because we just know so much about them that it's not, um, it's not. We, we know that we don't want to be on polypharmacy on like a ton of drugs. So yeah. I would see people, you know, they'd come in and like they'd have good intentions to change their lifestyle, you know, to exercise more, to do these things that just matter so, so much in terms of like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, um, all of these different areas where I was working, like the lifestyle changes would have meant so much, like, but they were still smoking. They were not exercising at all. I would ask them, like, could you, like some of them were truck drivers, for example, like, could you walk around your truck one time when you stop? Like every time you stop, could you just walk around once? And they wouldn't do it. <laughs> so it was frustrating, right? So yes, you got the nice relationships with the patients, but you're also like not seeing really good transformative change. You're watching them get on more meds. You're like, you're kind of helping with that, like, you know, balancing all their medications and their side effects. And it's just, oh, it was a lot and it wasn't super fulfilling, but I came back to Columbus. That was in Madison. I came back to Columbus and I didn't find a job in that right away. I kind of fell into a retail position. 
So I worked at retail for many years. And there, you know, it's fun, like waiting tables was fun, where every day, every person who walks up is like a completely new experience. (laughs) Just like when you're waiting tables, you walk up to the table, and you have no idea what you're going to get. That's right. It's fun in that way. But there's also just like, you know, standing 14 hours, there is, uh, I would say, use and abuse, (laughs) people yelling at you. Um, The drug, the um, opioid epidemic was starting to really ramp up back then it was it was it was kind of a trying job and it was hard yeah Um, so every day was like an adventure but it was also hard (laughs) and then someone called me and she's like hey I can get you a job at this PBM which is pharmacy benefits manager it's the back end of things so when you have to like order something in a 90-day supply and they send it to your house that's where that's coming from okay so we dealt with that and at that job, you know, I gave it my all. It was very corporate. It was behind the scenes, um, doing overtime. I had babies at that point. So I'm nursing in the pump room. I'm still working overtime. I'm giving it my all. And then after like seven years, they laid me off. <laughs> and I went, oh, like, I am really not very important to corporate America. <laughs> like, man, I liked them a lot more than they liked me. <laughs> Goodness. And it wasn't just me. It was like me and a hundred other pharmacists. Yeah, I was just going to say, and I don't think you're alone in that feeling of like just getting kind of th- thrown out with the dishwater, you know, like it's like, you know, you, you put all this energy and passion and, you know, a- again, you know, pumping when you have little babies at work, you know, like just trying to do all the things. And then it's like, okay, see you later. Time to go. Gotta go. And that, that experience for many people, I mean, it's a loss. So it's like grieving the loss or the death of something. Right. And so it's interesting when that shows up for us, how we end up responding to that. So I'm curious to know, how did you respond to that? Oh, well, it was a major shock and it shouldn't, it's one of those things where you think back and you're like, why was it such a shock? Like they had already laid off, like two other rounds of people before me, mm-hmm. but it still hit me so weirdly and such a shock. I remember in the, um, the meeting where they were telling us, I still thought it didn't affect me. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh my God, at the end of the meeting, I'm like, that's me. <laughs> <I'm completely> shocked. <laughs> oh, you're in denial. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, they're not talking about me. They're talking about all everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So at that point, my husband had been a stay at home dad for like several years while our kids were little, they were probably four and five at that point when I got laid off. So we decided, um, we decided that he would actually go back to school and get, um, he went to, he went to a software programming boot camp. It wasn't exactly school, but he learned a lot. <laughs> and he went back into working. I still kept looking for jobs. The pharmacy market had shifted like night and day from when I graduated many years earlier. Back when I graduated, it was like, here's your sign on bonus. Come on, we need you. <laughs> and then at this point, it was like, I applied to 70 places before I got my first job. Wow. And it was a part-time job totally out of my realm of comfort. It was working in an IV room in a children's hospital, extremely high stress, high stakes. Everything had to be like really perfect, you know, because if you, if it's not perfect, someone can die and that someone may weigh like one or two pounds. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm. Um, 
So I had that part-time job and then eventually I got a different part-time job as well. So I was working two part-time jobs and the second one is actually the one I'm still at just a little bit, which is, um, it's like working for the central fill for a retail pharmacy. So when they tell you, oh, your stuff will be in tomorrow after two, it's because we're filling it in our robotics facility and then sending it to the store. So Eventually, I ended up quitting at the hospital because they told me I was going to have to get trained in another area where I would have to go on codes. And I knew like, I can't handle that. So I listened to that and I didn't force myself into getting trained for that, which I'm really grateful for because I know, I know, like I cry at commercials sometimes. I cannot handle that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm the worst. My kids now look at me to like, see if I'm crying during like a soppy commercial or you know a a scene in a movie or something where people are crying they always look at me and they're like is she crying oh yeah oh yeah I'm right there with you and you know I wouldn't I wouldn't want to resuscitate or deal with coded babies either you know and and for those that are listening when when she talks about coding um you know in the hospital that means that these these babies have you know essentially need to be brought back to life or be resuscitated so you know, I think that's just a huge, a huge responsibility in itself. So, you know, good on you for knowing where your line was. Yeah, yeah, I would watch how it affected even the, the pharmacists who'd been there, you know, over 20 years, and they would have a, you know, a bad one, and it would, it would affect them for days, like visibly, you know, never mind how long it affects them on a non-visible. Right. There's a lot of long-term post-traumatic stress disorders that show up around that. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. Good call on your part there for knowing, for knowing that wasn't your, the right fit. So then what happens? Well, then I had just the one job, right? So just the one I'm at a little tiny bit now, which is like the assembly line job. And I went, you know, COVID was there. It COVID hit. And I'm going like, what in the world am I doing? (laughs) I am like, it's fine, but it is not in any way fulfilling, right? It's not, um, it's not seeing any transformation. It's not helping people directly. You know, like I'm helping thousands literally of people in an hour. Sometimes I'm, I'm helping so many people, but it's such a tiny little piece of the pie, you know, that it doesn't, I don't know. I kind of think of it like the craftsman who like builds the entire purse or the entire car or the entire thing really gets like that feeling of like satisfaction out of it where like the person who's turning one screw in is like, eh. right? Yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of that person with the screw. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it wasn't working out wonderfully. So, you know, all these employers, it's, it's COVID, everybody's talking mental health, you know, they're, they're asking you to call the EAP and get yourself a counselor. So I'm like, okay, I think I need a counselor. Like, I'm like, what in the world is going on? Am I having like a midlife crisis? (laughs) But it's really hitting hard that this isn't, this isn't working out. So I, um, I get with a therapist and it was the worst therapist ever. She literally was doing my appointment at her kitchen counter with her laptop. And at one point her husband walks right by behind while I'm in the middle of like talking about something serious. (laughs) So she also had her cell phone ringing like four times during the appointment. So I called my EAP back and I was like, you know what? This isn't quite working out either <laughs> and told them why. And they were like, but hey, you have this coaching benefit too. Like, do you want to try that instead? And I was like, coaching, hmm. like I've heard of coaching, but I haven't like really thought about it at all. But sure, why not? And they hooked me up with this amazing coach. 
She is a love coach on the outside, but she does this corporate work, you know, and she does, um, she helps people with whatever they need help with. And so we started working on what sort of career or, you know, job would actually like light you up and get you excited. And so we started doing things like going through every job I've ever had since I was a teenager, starting with hostessing, you know, like, what did you like about that job? You know, and just going through all of them, like figuring it out, like, what'd you like about bartending? What'd you like about catering? What did you like about working in a pharmacy? You know, all the different pharmacy settings. What do you do in your spare time? Like, what kind of things do you do outside of work? And that is, I think, when spirit started calling me (laughs) was around that time period, because I also had become a yoga teacher because that was like a huge changing point in my life when my kids were first born. Um, I had started on this yoga path and ended up becoming a teacher because it just changed my life so much. But that's a whole nother story. (laughs) But I'm a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher at this point. And I was at kind of a festival doing this meditation, uh, teaching about how to ground your energy, right? Because people go to these festivals, they get so high for the weekend. They have such an amazing time. They go home and they drop down into despair. That's, That's right. Yeah. It's a big swing. Yeah. Yeah. Big swing. So I'm teaching this class and I do the example meditation and take them through this. And my friend who's in the audience who does, um, he's done some hypnosis work. His dad did hypnosis for a living, you know, and he's like, you know what? (laughs) You are pretty good at this stuff. And that's real, real, real similar to hypnosis. And I thought, well, I've always loved like altered states, whether it's from like flow state or the state you get in, you know, during a ritual when you're really engrossed in it. Um, like I was talking about being a club kid and going to raves and things like it wasn't I wasn't usually even doing drugs. I was just like enjoying the natural like we're all one in this yeah. together and we're in that altered state. So um, I don't know, something clicked and I went, oh, yeah. this really seems like it's an idea. So then I got into like researching hypnosis and how to become a hypnotist. And it is the wild west, (laughs) just like it's kind of the wild west in coaching, right? Right. Yeah. So not a lot of regulations, but I did find a couple of regulatory boards who were seemed respectable. And one of them recommended, um, or one of them had a new category and it was hypnotic coach. And I saw that and I went ding, ding, ding. (laughs) There it is. I'd had this amazing experience with a coach. Um, you know, I'd gotten so far with her where I'd gotten like nowhere with therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then the hypnosis combined with the coaching. And I went, that's awesome. I found a program. They only had two recommended and I found um, like accredited through them. Yeah. One of them, I went on their website. I clicked the little chat now box and she was there. Like a real human being was there to chat with me. And she had a program starting like the next month, like a training program starting right away. So it felt really divinely guided, like it was meant to be. Yes, that's a prime example of when spirit's calling, you know, when things just kind of show up just like that and the timing is perfect, you know, that's, that's, those are good indicators for us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I started down that path and um, did a lot of you know, self work. I I had been on this self work journey, like I said, since my kids were really little, you know, I was kind of that person who like, had it all on the surface, but was still like, not quite 
there and who was kind of emotionally like I was at work and I was doing all this this intense stuff with people who are angry on the phone and so mm. blood pressure's going up right. <laughs> anyway I started the yoga and everything and, and it really changed all of that but um yeah so I started doing all these value exercises and continuing my inner work as I went through this training program awesome. um you know really got clear in my values and I just looked at them again like before this interview because I just wanted to like kind of touch base with them again. And I'm like, it is so cool because what I'm doing now actually uses all of these values. Ah, celebrating that. Isn't that so fun when you can look back and say, oh my gosh, I've done it. I did. I I'm in alignment here. So tell us, you know, I mean, you're a hypno coach. Tell us about this endeavor and where you're at now. Yeah. So I do hypnotic coaching. Um, I take people through that program that I'm trained in, which is called happy whole human. And now I have my own thing that I'm launching, which is hypnotic weight loss. So hypnotic coaching for weight loss. And I got into that because I have been um, just my weight loss journey has been kind of this yo-yo up and down and up and down. And it's been kind of an extreme yo-yo, like with a 50 pound, you know, 50 pound gap between the up and the down. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that I had put on some COVID weight. crept up there okay, so for all those people that have put on COVID weight by the way <laughs> Robin yeah. knows Robin knows the endeavor of that because let me tell you the same thing happened to me you know we weren't moving as much we weren't going out as much you know mm-hmm. eating was the one thing that many of us could do and we did it really well but here's what's also interesting I'm, I just got to take a sideline because otherwise I'll forget to share this I want to share this with the audience because a lot of people are feeling really guilty about their COVID weight or feeling really frustrated and suffering in that. But I want to tell you what I've been finding. When I go into people's Akashic Records, and if you haven't listened to any of the previous shows, the Akashic Records is your book of life. And so we can go into past lives for you and we can understand what's happening for you right here and right now. And so what I found um, in many of the sessions with people that gained weight over COVID, what I found in their history was quite interesting. Many of them had starved and Mm -hmm. gone through deep, deep trials and tribulations around starving and not having food. So what actually happened energetically when COVID started was this fear around there's going to be a shortage, everybody. Okay. And so this whole idea of food shortages And I mean, it's still, there's still a narrative playing around that that we're seeing in media, but this idea of these food shortages, what it did was it triggered this response in us that said, I need to store food. I need to store food. I better store food because there's going to be a food shortage and I better eat a lot more food now because we might not be able to get the food down the road. So just to kind of give those listeners a little bit of reprieve so that we're not maybe being so hard on ourselves. That we understand that there's a lot more behind the scenes here that is triggering some of these responses in you. So it's not just you. Okay, yes, you can cut back on the chips and whatever junk that you've been having, of course, but it's it's about more than that. So I wanted to just share that with people. And you might have been finding that too in your practice, Robin. I mean, what an insight. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't even get toilet paper. Remember, it was it was Mm. like it was wild. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So what you say there makes a lot of sense. And it was definitely, um, it was definitely a trying time mental health wise. It was a lot of uncertainty and feeling like you were way out of control. Yeah. So all of those things, you know, I think, 
I think we do need to give ourselves a a self hug and an, yeah. and an it's okay. Yeah, give yourself a self hug right now, everybody who's listening, you know, just loving on yourself a little bit because we can be so hard on ourselves. And we have to remember too, you know, the weed stores were still open, the al- the liquor stores were still open. You know, there was a lot that created this scenario for us to fall into deeper depths of our depression, of our mental mm-hmm. illness, of you know, eating of all the things that are keeping us from living our best life. So the environment was created for us to, you know, to be addicted, whether it was food or drugs or alcohol, doesn't matter. But we've been kind of put into the, you know, it's like, it it reminds me, I, I, I imagine the cattle going, you know, being kind of directed, right. And so that's how it kind of feels a little bit. And you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, squashing on the powers that be that said these were the rules, but there is this opportunity for us to say, Hey, wait a second. I see that there's something bigger going on here and I am going to take my power back and I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose how I want to show up in this just because it's there. Doesn't mean I need to go and take it right. Just because the medication is there doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right answer for me. And so Mm -hmm. I love that you have recognized, uh, you know, where it falls out of alignment for you and the work that you used to do and the work that you're now doing. It's just so brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. So my weight had crept up and I, um, I, it hit that, I guess that number that I don't like, and <laughs> we all kind of have, we all have some line that we cross and we go, Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I had hit my uh Oh number. And I had, um, I had some trainings, you know, that I'd had access to for a long time. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do these trainings and just see what happens. And so I did some trainings and I led me to do some hypnosis on myself. And, you know, basically it was night and day kind of amazing. Like my habits, you know, I definitely had that scarcity that you talk about, right. That comes out like, like always cleaning my plate. Why? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) always cleaning my plate if you're at a buffet you are going to get your money's worth (laughs) (laughs) right oh yeah yeah you may not ever eat again so you better eat till you're stuffed yeah don't send me to an all-inclusive I will come back 10 pounds heavier for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um so some of the scarcity mindsets to do with food and um I was a night eater. So like if I go to a concert or something, you know, I'd come home and it would start with like some cheese and then it would be like, well, some chips would be real nice. And then like, oh, something sweet. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I just ate kind of a second mini dinner. Like, how did that happen? It's midnight. Oops. (laughs) So I had these habits. And as I was doing this hypnosis and like targeting those habits, I was just not thinking the same way. Like now when I go, I, I like I, I um, volunteered last night to help register voters at a concert, which is kind of awesome. It's win-win <laughs> helping democracy and get to see a show, come home from the show, go straight to bed. Like no, go into the kitchen, no opening the yes. refrigerator door, none of that. And it's just like so freeing. <laughs> it's it so is. freeing. Oh, I love that you use that word freeing because I think we're really held hostage by these old habits or patterns of behavior. Uh, and, you know, my my partner and I had gotten really bad for nighttime eating, you know, where it's like, oh, it's 10 o'clock, I'm tired. 
And he would go run to the 7-Eleven down the street because he'd be like, oh, you know, I'm hungry. But I'm like, no, we're tired. We're not hungry. We're tired. And so what we actually need is sleep. And so now there's none of that anymore. We've kind of gotten rid of that, you know, and it just had to, we had to go back into a little bit of that reprogramming, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's really what you do with hypnosis. You know, can you share like, what like a little bit about hypnosis so our audience understands what hypnosis can do because I, I you can use it for addiction you can use it for other things it doesn't just have to be weight loss no it's so, it is so good for so many things and it actually has scientific studies that back it up so it's it has been used for a very very long time since like ancient tribal days of human existence um hypnosis itself like being hypnotized is kind of just a natural state that we go in and out of very easily if you've ever been engrossed in netflix and you don't even notice what's going on and something happens and you go like what (laughs) because you're so into it that's a hypnotized state if you're reading a book and you're just totally into that book you know that kind of thing or if you ever driving and you show up somewhere and you go like how did I get here <laughs> I don't remember the drive yeah yeah, yeah. like I made it but <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me any questions about it <laughs> you but know it's a very... <laughs> I was gonna just say that's happened a few times when I've like looked back at a traffic light and been like was that light red like was I paying attention oh, no. like you know but I was just in the zone right I want you're exactly right like it can happen like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So it's a natural state that we can get in, but we can use this state um, to help our subconscious mind and our conscious mind, which is like our critical mind, our logical thinking mind, the mind that likes words. I call it the ego mind. Yes. The ego mind. My girlfriend calls it the itty bitty shitty committee, like whatever Uh, you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Right. So we can get that mind to kind of calm down and be quiet. We can access that subconscious mind that thinks in terms of um, visuals and imagination and um, is very, it's very visual, not very wordy at all, but it stores, you know, it stores beliefs, it stores um, basically everything that's ever happened to us is all in there as memories, we don't even know we have them, (laughs) but they're in there. And what we can do with hypnosis is quiet this thinking mind that wants to just talk, talk, talk. And and get to where both of these minds can kind of be on the same mm. wavelength, right? So we can alter some of those beliefs in a good way. It opens us up to suggestions so that, you know, suggestions can be given to us. And they're very powerful in that state when you're hypnotized. Um, yeah, so suggestions, you know, for weight loss is like, you eat two meals a day. You, mm. you are excited to go to bed and you don't need food at night. You recognize when you're tired, right? You know, you recognize what tired feels like versus hunger. Hunger. Yes. Or thirst or thirst. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much you can do there. I, I just love it. So, you know, obviously spirit has called you quite a bit in your life, you know, whether it was losing your corporate job and to me that spirit calling you to re-navigate and look at where it's led you. It's led you into this incredible path, career path where all your values are completely aligned. So um, do you have any other stories when spirit called you that you want to share that are interesting to you around, you know, your life and the path that you've been on? Hmm. No, but I will say I'm consciously trying to listen to my intuition more and more as I go. 
I tend to be into that, you know, like I'll make decisions from up here and I'm starting to recognize to stop and slow down and say like, where is this coming from? Like, is this, Mm. is this really my next step forward? Or is this my head trying to logic, you know, the crap out of my life? (laughs) And yeah, I love that you said that because I think that's a challenge for many of us, that battle between the head and the heart, right? And oftentimes the head dominates, like you said, that's the logical thinking brain. And so it tends to be a bit more dominant for us. So it's so beautiful that you can use a tool like hypnosis to kind of get that dominant brain out of the way where you can really lean into that more intuitive process. So the really the work that you do really allows for that intuition to come to the surface. Yeah. And I think that's like the the beauty of hypnotic coaching. So we talked about like what hypnosis is, but now add hypnotic coaching. So there's like regular coaching and you're, you still got that logical mind turned on for most of that. And then you can do coaching actually while hypnotized. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, so, so you're talking through it. It's not just being talked at like traditional hypnosis. It's like, it's like, what do you see? You know, what is, talk to that, whatever's going on in in the imagination, you know, have a conversation with your future self, really cool things that you can do um, to bypass when you're bypassing that critical mind, and you're really down at that subconscious level and playing with your, your imagination is just exciting. I love the idea of playing with imagination, because imagination is so much more than I think we've given it credit for. And even as adults, I think we really move away from that imagination as kids, don't we? You know, we're told like, now you've got to get serious, right? So I love that this imagination piece can be pulled in there. So that being said, I want to give the audience a few takeaways today. So, you know, we've, we've, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, hypnosis and what it does. If you had some advice to give us, if we're struggling, whether it's with our weight, whether it's with even just some addiction or thinking processes, what are some things that you can suggest to us, um, aside from coming to see you as a hypno coach, um, what are some things that you, you want to leave us with some words of wisdom? Yeah, I would just say to really go inside. Mm. You know, there's all these shoulds. We're all so conditioned by what we should, 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 should be doing. Mm. You know, when you think about even something like weight loss, right? Like you should do Atkins. You should do this. You should go to the gym seven times a week. Yeah, (laughs) There's all these external things that are kind of thrown on us and piled on us. But if we step back and we go inside, that's when you know, we can tap into something like our intuition, right? Like what is actually right for us? Mm. Also going inside, I talk about, um, you know, using that imagination, like, like tap into that future self, like imagine where are you going to be once you lose this weight, or once you meet this goal, or once you get this new career, like, where's it going to get you and really flesh that out and have fun with it and make it real. And that'll help motivate you going forward. Yeah. Um, Also, like that itty bitty shitty committee you talked about, right? So going inside and starting to pay attention to that committee and saying like, "Mm, I see you and I love what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Can you step aside a little bit? You know, so I love all of these. And like, so I want to start 
with stop shooting on yourself. That's what, that's what I say. I say, stop shooting on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, and we allow other people to should on us too, right? Well, you should do this and you should do that. And then we get really caught there and then we don't know what to do. So I think that's brilliant advice. The piece around the imagination, you know, it's even more than just visualizing, isn't it? It's about what would it feel like when this happens or oh yeah experience it as if you're there yes let yourself feel it it's not just about visualization and I know some people struggle with the visualization aspect so don't be afraid to feel what that would feel like the joy that it would feel like the the ease the freedom like tune into that and then you know back to the ego and the itty bitty shitty committee Um, you know, I like to say build relationship to it because we do need our ego, you know, Mm -hmm. our egos are there for us and, you know, they're there to keep us safe, but over time, the ego's lost its place and it doesn't know where to reside unless you tell it. So Mm -hmm. that relationship and saying, well, thank you, ego. Thanks for that logical thought, but I've got this. And I will say that many times to, uh, throughout my day, I'll say, thanks, ego mind, but I've got this and I'll lean into the energy of whatever path that might be. So I think those are awesome kind of tidbits for our listeners today. And hopefully what we've shared is really going to help them to shift. So Robin, if people want to reach out to you and they say, oh, I really love her energy and I, I want to, you know, see what she's about, or I want to lose some weight. How can they get a hold of you? We are going to put that in the in the notes, of course, but how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, well, I would suggest they join my Facebook group, which is called Flow to Grow. And it's the T-O spelled out, not the number. Okay. So Flow to Grow is um, what I call my hypnotic coaching program. So I've got Flow to Grow, hypnotic coaching for weight loss, but the group is just called Flow to Grow. And I'm just building it right now, but um, that's where I'm going to be doing, you know, fun, free stuff, free trainings, yoga nidra, which is very close to hypnosis and super duper juicy and relaxing, Um, mindful eating, you know, I'm I'm building this mindful eating course to offer on there and maybe eventually use as a challenge. But if you're in the Facebook group, you're going to get it first and it's going to be free. So (laughs) join me there. So Facebook flow to grow. That is Robin's group. And of course, we put all the contact information um, with the podcast as well. So you guys will have access to all of that. Robin, it has been a pleasure. Uh, I've loved spending time with you. I love hearing about your story and going from the more corporate side, because I think that there's a lot of people that are in that capacity. I know I've interviewed quite a few people on the show here who have been there and you know, they've leaned into listening to that spirit and what feels really good for them. So I commend you. I celebrate you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Robin, for being part of the show. And we will see you all next time. Can't wait. Bye for now. Bye, and Thank you. Bye, Robin. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.